2: This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast.
3: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a game day edition of a Pack-A-Day Podcast, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thank you so much for making us part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz. I'll be your host for this game day preview of Packers versus Redskins. And let me start right here because I know that as Packer fans, we can all agree on one thing that Green Bay is America's team and not Dallas. And I want to start here for a, for a good reason, That because this game is important for Green Bay for so many obvious reasons. It's part of the you need to win three of your last four and win the division, right? So it's a big game. Could be considered a trap game looking ahead at Chicago in a week here. They're 7-6, and six, making a playoff push. But I want to start with the fact that the Cowboys lost on Thursday to the Bears and that drops them to 6 and 7 and it's so sad to think that if you're a Cowboys fan or even an Eagles fan at that point that the 3 and 9 Redskins if they beat Green Bay they would move to 4 and 9 and even still even losing they're still in consideration for winning their own <laughs> division. <laughs> think about Officially that.
4: the scenario i'm rooting for. And, and, and 10, that Washington right and
3: there is the voice of Jacob Westendorf also <laughs> joining us tonight. Dusty and guys, i mean we're looking at this we're going at this game today and it's Jacob you've brought up it's probably packer fans last chance to root against Adrian Peterson. Um we all know what that's like uh, and i'm just praying that he doesn't bring any of his Old man magic to the show today to run all over our defense, which, it, you know, it's been looking a little better, but, uh, you know, still struggles against that run game. But let's start here, guys, with this Packers team, 9-3, and looking to get to 10-3, and and this Redskins game would... We- would you guys consider this a trap game with Chicago coming up next weekend at Lambeau uh, last two home games of the season, Jacob, do you view this as a trap game?
4: It definitely can be first and foremost. I know we're subbing tonight for uh um, and Zach Jacobson. And I'd like to give my condolences to Zach. He actually was unable to record tonight because he uh, caught a whiff from his own armpits and passed out. So he smelled that bad and was unable uh, to record tonight. So, Zach, I hope you get better soon. But uh, on a serious note, we will go to Washington. It definitely can be. I mean, Chicago is – the way Zach Cruz described him from Packers Wire was red hot. I think that's apropos. Uh, They've played really good football the last few weeks after kind of being left for dead. They're probably still really unlikely to make the playoffs because they've lost to the Rams who are ahead of them. They would need Minnesota. to. They'd have a lot of things going against them to make the playoffs. But that being said – I was telling my brother the other day, like, that's a team that can be a hell of a spoiler because anytime you have that kind of defense, their defense is still very, very good. You're in contention to stop anybody and kind of muddy up a game uh, that you can get. So that part is interesting. And then obviously you have that Minnesota game could be either for the division crown or for like being in the driver's seat for the final week of the season or Green Bay, if they win these next two games and if Minnesota has a hiccup along the way, has a chance to clinch that night uh, the two days before Christmas Monday night game in Minnesota. So Washington's a bad football team. We'll get into why here a little bit, but when you look at a team that has an offense that's ranked 32 in a lot of different things, uh, I mean, there's only 32 teams in the league. So do the math there real quick. I always say good teams make their layups. That said, I'm sure Matt LaFleur has talked about it. I'm sure the Packers and their leadership group has talked about it. You can't turn this game into a trap game because, It's really a hiccup they can't afford. Green Bay, for all the great things they've done this year, still, if you look at it, they lose to Washington. Chicago, tough team playing well. Minnesota, tough team on the road in a building you've never won in. And at Detroit, that's a building you haven't had a lot of success in in the last few years. It's not likely, but it's still conceivable that if Green Bay doesn't take care of business, they can miss the playoffs still. So I don't anticipate that happening, but they need to take care of their business tomorrow afternoon.
3: Well, and Jacob, you mentioned that, the redskins are 32nd in most offensive categories so dusty when looking at this redskins offense which is i mean i don't even know what the right word to describe their poor play is a lot of it is due to interim head coach um owner that doesn't really know what he's doing and a rookie quarterback that you know really only st- started one year in college so he doesn't have a whole lot of college professional snaps so when you look at this Redskins offense, what should Green Bay be concerned about defensively as far as anything that this Redskins team can do?
2: Uh, not not getting enough interceptions. That's something that should concern them. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, they, I, you kind of touched on a lot of it. I mean, the interim coach thing, I think their offense from what I've seen a lot of it is relatively predictable as far as what they do out of certain formations, out of certain personnel groups. Uh, what I would say is that they, uh, you know, we just watched the uh, the Panthers game. Maybe not everyone. I don't. I don't mean to presume what you do with your life and time. I watched Washington Carolina games in my spare time. That's that's something I do apparently. But if Below. you look at what have, yeah, <laughs> I'm real cool. I'm a real cool guy. Uh, I, if you look at that game, that was kind of a, they got up early and they were able to establish the run. Now they don't have the best running game, but they do when they go into these power formations, they do have a good enough line to get a little bit of push there, especially against a not great run defense, which Green Bay has. And so if Green Bay has a couple, that's a fluky start, a slow start for whatever reason in Washington, for whatever reason is able to get a couple touchdowns, cough, special teams, probably cough. Then they could, if they can start that running game, they can start establishing that run run some time off the clock and really just get that inside run going, that would concern me. So if Washington – so this is the trick then. So if Washington gets up big early and can establish the run, that's the one thing I can think of that would concern me. Um, But it's how do they do that. They don't really have an offense to do that. I will say Haskins has been – he's not great. He's not very good. But he had a little more success kind of targeting the middle and some of those deeper kind of middle routes. If he can hit some of those to kind of move the ball down and sustain drives – uh, that I could see that becoming a problem um but it's you got to man you got to squint real hard to try to find a way that Washington is <laughs> going to be able to do something on offense
3: well uh, i i hate to say it but uh if you're watching the game today watch the tight ends i jacob you mentioned that washington has uh tight ends that have a pulse, but not any names to them that anybody would recognize. But that doesn't seem to necessarily matter from what we've seen this season so far. So I guess if you're Washington, that's what you attack. Uh, But keep an eye on that. That would be one thing. I want to jump to the other side of the ball here, Jacob. Green Bay, the last month, their run game, it seems, has disappeared. Now, that's been for... A couple of different reasons. The Giants and the Forty ers both have stout run games, uh, run defensive games, and but I, I, if I'm the Packers, I, I would like to see them run the ball today. I it's something that they did well earlier in the year, and Aaron Jones we know is a special player when he has the ball in his hands, whether it's you know from a handoff or a pass. We know he's a special player. They haven't been utilizing him to his full potential the last couple of weeks. Is this maybe a game that they can get him back on track at the run game, some confidence in general, moving forward to the end of the season here? Yeah.
4: Some of that stuff you
3: were talking about, like you said, is circumstantial. They got behind uh, against the 49ers. That
4: didn't help the giants haven't done a lot of good things under Dave Gettleman, but if the league were still a run-the-ball, stop-the-run kind of league, they're in pretty good shape. Unfortunately for them, that's not the case any longer, uh, and their quarterback stinks. So that's that's a problem that they'll have to address. Whether or not Gettleman's smart enough to remains to be seen. Uh, but then you go back, uh, or looking forward now, I should say, it could be a little bit of tough sledding. Uh, Billy Turner, the starting guard, is questionable today with an illness It remains to be seen. I imagine he'll play. But, I mean, I don't know what his illness is. It could be the common cold that I'm nursing right now. It could be the swine flu. I mean, we, we really don't know. Illness is kind of a a broad term. Um, but at the same time, you insert Lucas Patrick in there, more likely than not would be the case. And then we're talking about a defensive front that has some pretty good players like Deron Payne, um, the other defensive tackle, was named Jonathan Allen. I'm sorry, his name just escaped me a little bit. Montez Sweat was a good run defender when he was in college. He's a stout run defender currently here in the NFL. And then they're able to get after the passer, and Dusty kind of talked about it here at the beginning, is they play a lot of single high safety. They'll stack the box. And Washington has said, I don't know why you would say that in the media, but they did, and bless their hearts they did, they want to load up and stop Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and let Aaron Rodgers beat them. Well, Aaron Rodgers may not be – 2014 MVP Aaron Rodgers anymore, but he's still very, very good. And that's something that I think they'll be able to take advantage of. But you're right. If this team's going to get where it wants to go, which I imagine is Super Bowl Sunday down in Miami, they're going to have to get their running game on track. And they're going to have to be able to move the ball on the ground against some good defensive fronts. Washington, for all of its faults, and there's a lot of them, their front was one of the reasons I thought their team could be a little bit better than they have been Uh, in recent years and certainly this year it just hasn't worked out that way but if I think if you can get a lead early and try and milk that clock down the way that you did kind of against Carolina to some degree uh, and they've done it in other games as well there are times where the Packers running game has just sucked the life out of an opposing team they did they were doing a really good job of that against Minnesota early in the season they did a really good job of it against Carolina they've had other games where Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, they just beat you into submission, and eventually somebody breaks a big run, whether it's Williams breaking a 40-yarder against Detroit, Aaron Jones having a 20-yard burst for a touchdown against Carolina, whatever it is. But ultimately, I think they're going to have to be able to do that. But honestly, again, I think this is another one of those games where the path to victory is through the air, and they're going to have to have some other guys step up. But eventually, yeah, you're going to have to run the ball to run the clock out and win this game.
3: Well, and you you mentioned there, Jacob, through the air, you believe it's going to be an aerial game. And Dusty, it's something that I've been trying to figure out. I'm sure Packer fans have been trying to figure out for the last couple of weeks. It would seem like Alan Lazard is kind of the second best receiver overall on this team and yet he doesn't seem to be his his snap numbers have been going up but he's still getting out snapped by geronimo allison uh is there a reason why as he's been productive when he's been out there is there a reason as to why he hasn't maybe been getting as many snaps as some of the other receivers and do you expect to see that change today
2: I think it's, I mean, I think he's, he's on his way up. His snaps have been uh, steadily going up. I think over the past three to four weeks, I think there has been a change there, which is good. I, I think some of it comes down to uh, what, what the team thinks of not necessarily John Wilson, the player, but John Wilson, the guy who is where he needs to be. Uh, when you're looking at an offense that, that needs to function like it's functioning and, and, and you're kind of, you know easing some of these guys along. I feel like Lazard is clearly at a point now um, that now i I Here's what I want to say. I don't think Lazard is perfect. I think he has some of the same issues that Allison has had. I think he's, he's not – he will drop balls. Um, overall, I think he's a younger, faster, quicker version of Geronimo Allison with slightly higher upside, uh, and he's shown a lot this year. So, yeah, I'd go – I'm still a big MVS guy. Uh, you know, he's – I know a lot of people are upset with him, but I'm go. yeah, Adams, and then I still put MVS in that two and Lazard at the three. I think he, he's clearly the three, uh, depending on some of the packages, should be – more the two I, I still have MVS ahead just because of the speed there but uh, I, I do think we're going to see if if Washington loads up to stop the run you, you you're playing more of a matchup game there Washington does not seem like they do a whole lot of deceptive things on defense so what you see when they roll that lookout is, is essentially what you're going to get uh, and you want to be flexible you want to be able to attack if they are going to look to stop the run and Lazard just is a guy that that is where he seems like he's supposed to be and does good things so I would Certainly expect to see a lot of him. Um, and, I mean, if anyone if anyone knows me, they know I've been driving the please get Jerome and off the field hype train for a very long time now. So I'm all in favor of Lazard taking all of those snaps, every single one of them.
3: Well, you know, I, w- we'll see today. I would like to see those snap counts go up for him. I, he's He's played well and – can't really hurt to see what he can do when he's on the field more. So, Jacob, last thing I want to kind of get to here before we kind of wrap some things up, get some picks in here for today, it's something that you and I on Tuesdays with Maggie we haven't talked a whole lot about this year, but and there's probably good reason for it because beyond Mason Crosby, the special teams has looked very pitiful, but special teams – do. The new kick returner th- this week, Tyler, uh, Tyler Irvin. Um, I don't know who he is, uh, other than I believe he was brought from the Jaguars team. Uh, brought in this week, they cut their old returner. I mean, are they just trying to throw bodies out there to see who can do what now in the return game? I mean, do they even really? It, some days, I I, I want to give Lafleur credit with his coaching staff, but some days I got to tell you, it feels like they're just throwing darts at a board and guessing on special teams outside of Mason Crosby.
4: Hard not to feel that way. I mean, we started the year at the beginning of the year. You're talking about Trevor Davis taking uh, both of those duties. He was inexplicably, at least in my opinion, traded. I don't fully understand uh, the thought process behind that. I don't think a six round pick was worth it. I was vocal about that at the time. And, you know, Dusty was talking about speed and getting guys off the field and getting speed on the field. Well, Trevor Davis has speed, but I mean, I'm not going to pretend that the Packers let go of Deshaun Jackson either. Obviously that's not the case, but then they had Darius Shepard, Darius Shepard struggled. Uh, Tremont Smith has been in and out of the lineup. Yeah. It feels like they're throwing some darts at the wall and seeing what sticks. I will say this for the returners. There's been some tough sled. Uh, I mean, there's been a lot of times where sometimes it feels like the Packers coaching staff is just telling them, okay, just catch the ball, make a fair catch. And we'll play offense from there. Just don't turn it over, basically. There's other times where they're trying to set up returns, and there's just nothing there. Uh, and that's I mean, that's a credit to a lot of different things. I'm not going to pretend to be some special teams expert, but it can't hurt to try somebody new. I will say this for Tremont Smith, for somebody that was supposed to have led the league in kick return yardage, he sure didn't look very explosive on any of his returns that he had of note throughout the course of this season. And that's something obviously off-season talk is a long ways away here, but when the Packers are drafting a cornerback, a wide receiver, a running back, something, I would not be surprised at all if they tend to favor at some point somebody with some return ability. just because it's been... I mean, obviously, when you have negative punt return yardage in December, that's really bad. Uh, That's not really analysis to anybody, but, I mean, it's really bad, and they need to... Figure that out. Irvin is just another guy. I think they saw somebody with some return ability. Matt LaFleur clearly liked him. I thought he kind of spoke really nicely of him when they talked about him. I wonder if they could figure something out to get him in on the offense because he has some juice, ability to catch the ball, things like that. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. The Packers haven't played three running backs in a game this year, save for Oakland, where Dexter Williams got some garbage time carries, but that's really it. Uh, But, yeah, I – other than Mason Crosby uh, I'll speak for your wife here Nick thank god for Mason Crosby because he's been damn near perfect and the rest of the special teams JK Scott had a rebound game last week I'll give him some credit because I was pretty uh, pretty upset with him during the San Francisco game and suggested cutting him at halftime of course I was kind of joking um but he's kind of been up and down Mason Crosby's been rock solid and other than that the special teams has been garbage I don't know how you fire Ron Zook. This is what I will leave it with. You fired Ron Zook and somehow got worse on special teams. That doesn't make any sense to me.
3: That is that, It's pretty amazing when you put it like that because uh, yeah, it's it's hard to look any worse than they did last year. Um, yeah, so just some just for some perspective for you out there, uh, Tyler Irvin is now going to be the fifth player to return a kickoff for the Packers this year and the fourth different player to return a punt for them this year. So. Uh, Needless to say, the return game has been pretty awful, and Dusty, I want to get you in here a little bit, too, on the special teams a little bit for today. I mean, some of me has always kind of thought, when you have a player like Aaron Rodgers, your special teams doesn't need to be great, it just needs to not be bad, in the sense Mm. that one of the worst things you can do for Aaron Rodgers is lose a fumble on a punt or a kickoff because he's such a great player, like your goal should just really be to you paid them all this money to be your quarterback. And he's an elite hall of fame talent. So is some of the idea of what green Bay special teams is just going through is, Hey, we know we're not that great. So our whole kind of game plan is just to not be awful at special teams.
2: I mean, you could make a case, I guess. I mean, a lot of it too also comes down to, you know, who is playing special teams and, and who is, who is good you know i'm I, i'm there's certain names on this podcast i'm not going to talk about i just will not say but there's you know the if you don't really have a whole lot of a special teamers uh, and then also if that bottom of the roster is kind of constantly churning which i'm a big big fan of goodacons just just kind of you're dropping a guy you're adding a guy you're dropping a guy but a lot of times those guys i mean those the bottom of your roster are your special teams guys that's kind of who fills out some of that stuff if you're constantly changing some of who's on there and you're not you're not. You don't have like a huge special teams ace. I think it's also tough to just develop a good special teams. I'm not a big special teams guy myself. Um, I've never looked into it, it too much, but just based on their roster and who they have running out there, it's it's a lot of young guys. Uh, it's a lot of guys who um, are kind of in and out a little bit. So I think it. I think some of what you're saying is probably true. I think some of that probably factors into it. I think some of it is just they just bad man i don't know if it's <laughs> coaching or whatever but it's just they're, you, you talk about uh, analysis right there jacob yeah man they're just they're just not very good i think i think some of it comes down to that i mean they're not they're not specifically letting guys run past them because they're not blocking or blocking men in the back because they're like well we've got Aaron Rodgers um no they're just they're they're not great at doing some of that stuff so it's just a, it's a i think it's a weird mix that they haven't really found someone to kind of be that ace guy yet and I think it's kind
4: of killing him a little bit. What's well, Alan Rossum up to these days? Can we get him to return punchy? Well,
3: maybe maybe Desmond Howard can bring him back. He's too. only working
4: for ESPN,
2: man. He's got plenty of time. <laughs> he he still looks good. I feel like he could throw out a helmet and do really good work tomorrow.
3: Well, if it again talking about the bad special teams if you haven't noticed when in watching packer games you'll notice that green bay has been returning a lot of kickoffs lately and it's because other teams have found out that if you just kick it to the goal line and force green bay to return it they can't get it to the 25 so that just puts into some perspective there for you just how bad their return unit has been so well guys real quick want to wrap up here Game starts very soon here, so just quickly, Dusty, give me your take. Final score: Who do you th- who do you got and why?
2: Uh, so, I actually did this already on the, uh, the Thursday podcast, so I'm just going to run it back. Same score because nothing has changed for me. I'm going Packers, 40 to 17. I feel good. I feel good. I'm going big this week. I think. I, I mean, I think so many things have to break right for Washington. Uh, for them to win this game, and then if you if you add on to that, if they really are trying to stop the running game, then that just means the ball more in Aaron Rodgers' hands. Uh, probably, you know, more passes. Passes are more efficient. They will move down the field a little faster. Scoring will be up. Washington's going to have to try to catch up. They won't. I think what uh, what Green Bay's defense did really well last week against Daniel Jones was that they didn't run a whole lot of kind of exotic blitz packages at them. At him, what did they? They just kind of rushed a bunch of guys and tried to collapse the pocket on him and compress that and make him uncomfortable and then hope he made mistakes and he did I think with Haskins with his mobility I think they're going to do a little bit of that and so if you combine all those factors together I think Green Bay gets a couple couple turnovers likely a couple picks Haskins misses a couple guys I'm going I'm going 40 to 17 I feel real good this week which
4: probably bodes badly for the game
3: (laughs) well big 40 burger there Jacob from Dusty what what do you got
4: yeah, I'm going thirty-seven to ten. I also would like to point out that as we record this, Dusty has yet to send me that prediction for Packer Report tomorrow. But I'm not going to just type up. Just type up what I said, Jacob. Just type <laughs> I'll run that it up. I'll run it back real quick. Uh, yeah, I like I like Green Bay thirty-seven to ten, uh, basically for the same reasons Dusty said. I don't think that Washington has a big margin for error for this game. There's not a lot of paths for them to win it. Uh, their defense isn't good enough to slow down the Packers entirely. And again, they have the worst offense in the NFL. It's really hard to win in the modern NFL when you can't score points. I have no idea how they beat Carolina last week, who I thought was at least an average team, but it appears the bottom has completely fallen out there. So I think you'll see it'll be one of those exciting games at the end of the year. If you go back through and watch, you know, the highlight tape from this one will be fun. You'll have touchdowns. You'll have interceptions. You'll have me making my little girl do the D train. It's, it's a lot of fun. So I think that, uh, Green Bay wins big. I I really have a – I almost feel bad for feeling this way because it almost makes me think I could possibly have a hand in Green Bay losing even though that's absolutely ridiculous. But, yeah, I think Green Bay wins big also, 37-10. to 10.
3: Well, you heard it here, guys. If Green Bay loses today, go blame Jacob Westendorf on Twitter. You can do that. Um, I'll take Green Bay. I'll take them 34-13. to 13. Uh, I, again – seems a lot of what you guys said is right Jacob you you, you mentioned if you can't score points it's hard to win Redskins offense seems pretty inept statistically so I'll take Green Bay 34 to 13 real quickly before we wrap up uh enjoy the game today guys Uh, but I want to get this in here Jacob people want to follow your work and uh follow you on Twitter how can they do that
4: yeah, I'm at Jacob Westendorf. And you can follow uh, some of my work over at Packer Report sixty six. After the great Ray Nitschke, who started the magazine in nineteen seventy two, so there you go. All
3: right, and Dusty, if people want to follow your work, get in touch with you. How do they do that? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Dusty Evely, and I've
2: got uh, a weekly passing piece over at Cheesehead on Thursdays, and then a defensive piece over Packer Report Wednesday, and a in depth uh, film piece on the passing offense on Fridays uh, over on Packer Report.
3: All right. Awesome. Well, make sure you check both of them out on Twitter and at their respective websites. Enjoy the game today, guys. And just think about this. You could be watching history today. If the Packers win, Matt LaFleur becomes the first coach to win 10 games. In his rookie season as Packer head coach, no coach has won more than nine games in their first year as a Packers head coach. So you could be watching a little bit of Packers history today if Green Bay gets the win that they really, really, really should get today, given who they're playing. So kickoff is just ahead of us, guys, here. So make sure, watch the game, enjoy it, and we look forward to talking to you with a post-game show later. And enjoy the game, and as always, Go Pack Go!